It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Some cruising music too. Okay, ponder this, Kempi. I listen to the brief show. I listen to Running It Straight, and um, you're always uh, observant and sometimes critical of, and so are the listeners and uh, Warriors fans about player retention. There's no pathways. There's no academies. Now I know how rugby works reasonably well. Like there's schoolboy rugby. Good players go to academies. Um, there's good age group tournaments, competitions, talent ID. Uh, there's club rugby, you know, still a pretty good club rugby structure through New Zealand. And then you can progress to um, MPC, Super Rugby, All Blacks, um, occasionally New Zealand Māori play, um, Defence Forces play. There's, there's a whole lot of infrastructure around rugby. Now, rugby got money and can do that. Probably still not enough. But you're always talking about pathways in rugby league. They're not there and we keep seeing these amazing Kiwis playing NRL and there's truckloads of them and we can't seem to retain them. We can't even seem to identify them. Tamari Martin's probably the best example in recent times. I mean, he wasn't even a youngster. He was playing code down in Hamilton and he was let to go. Tell me what a good New Zealand rugby league pathway looks like. I know it's a big all-encompassing question, but so what's not happening and what not what should happen, but what could happen? Well, the first thing, you know, you're talking about development, yeah? Now, I'll give you an example of why there are really no pathways in New Zealand. So last week they have the New Zealand secondary schools down at Rotorua, yep. Every NRL club was there. Uh, Daniel Anderson was there. Well, I had, I had a beer with Dan on Friday, you know what I mean, to tell me about all these kids that he's, you know, been able to get his hands on and and how easy it is and we talked a bit about because we both love the Warriors we're coaching them and you know how do we stop that and and it's just around he's doing a better job than they are because he's allowed to do that and there's a there's a number of reasons why that is allowed to happen okay so you can't go into Sydney and do that like you've got these certain areas where clubs actually have their areas, Penrith, for instance, where they develop their areas, they got their high it's performance fenced off from other clubs. Yes, yes, basically. But the, the thing is, they actually know what they're doing, and they do their job, and they make sure they get their eyes around the kids, and they go and get those kids, and they put them in an academy, and they develop them. Yeah. So you see that. So you see, in their first grade side, players come out, players come in, and they still win games. All right. So they they're the benchmark of that. Melbourne are the benchmark. So you got on the other side, you got Melbourne lives down in Melbourne. All right, they don't have rugby league competitions like like Brisbane and Sydney. Yet they've been able to develop their players. You who would have thought Cooper Cronk, Billy Slater, Cameron Smith retire, and they end up with Jerome Hughes, <laughs> Cameron Munster, and Peppenhausen. Mm. You know what I mean? Let alone Harry Grant. Wasn't by accident. You know what I mean? Then of course you've got Harry Grant and Brendan Smith. You know they're a development club. So what happens in New Zealand is we don't know how to do it properly, but we're not helped 
at all. So you've got the NRL that allow it to happen. That's the first cab off the rank, is to get to the NRL and stop it from happening. So you shouldn't be able to come into this country and pillage the ranks at will. Now, and I'll use the Sydney City one. They do it with ex-Warrior players. See, so I don't blame him for doing it at all, you know, because he's given a young Kiwi kid an opportunity to go and earn a contract and make a living out of rugby league. So is what should be happening for us. We shouldn't be missing those good kids. But they got a development model that they're good at identifying, but they use warrior people to do it. What you should be doing is how are you doing it that we should be using those same blokes because they can pick them and we should be inviting them back into our club. But there's a, no, there's a number of problems that we have here. So we don't have the support of the NRL. We don't have an NZRL that's worth any salt because they don't create pathways, they create tournaments. So we don't have under-20s competitions, but we'll have an under-25 week tournament, you know, where they advertise for players to come and play for them. Advertise. So it'll be on a Facebook page, hey, come and, come and trial, play in the national tournament for under-20s. And that's not a pathway. Yep. So numbers, Staffy, to let you know, there's between 500,000 kids every year that go to Australia to play. So what Ando or whoever from every other club does is they've got relationships all around the country and that in itself is how you develop players because they're talking to the right people, but they take them from this country and then they put them in a pathway, which is competitions in Australia. And Queensland, New South Wales have both of those. So Melbourne and teams that aren't playing in, in Sydney and in Melbourne, they have teams up in Brisbane in the competition. So that's where the Cam Smiths and the and the Munsters and all that came through that competition and they fill, fill their team. Well, see, in New Zealand, we don't have those competitions. We don't have age group competitions. We have club... Co- Auckland's the biggest um, district in the, in the country. And this is the other problem, is that the structure of the NZRL with the zones is not supported by the districts. So there's 15 districts, yeah? But there's seven zones. <laughs> And it's the districts that run the football, but they get no support or recognition about how to do this from the national body. And it's just a, it's a cluster. Is, you know, it, is it easy to fix? Well, because it sounds there's costly a process to fix. That they can fi- there's a process that can, you can go through to fix it. Because in New Zealand, we have had decent pathways, you know, and we can create competitions. You know, like, um, we created one in 2002, so the Stuzy Flag, Harold Matthews, those are the two names for under-16, under-18s competition in Australia. Now, to take teams to Australia is really expensive to play, you know, so you, it's, it's, a, it's, a big, it's a big effort. Mm. You know, close to a million dollars to take a team over there for a year. Well, in 2002, what we thought with, well, we don't have a million dollars, how much money can we raise by the way, can't we create a different type of competition here at under-16s and under-18s, working with the districts and filtering most of the good kids through the big districts can filter them into a competition over the same period of time. And out of that competition, and I continually talk about this, we get Sonny Bill Williams, Manu Vatave, Thomas Luluai, Ipalami Luaki, um, Jerome Ropati, Simon Mannering, Ben Mataleno, Russell Packer, Isaac Luke, and the list goes, Thomas Perinara, and the list goes on and on. They all come out of that comp. But there's three things that need to happen here. 
uh, there's three organisations that need help make this happen. Auckland Rugby League, New Zealand Rugby League and the Warriors. And unfortunately, we can't sit down around the table and get the job done. So it's not as, e- it's not as easy as just saying, well, you know, you're doing a, you're, that's your job, now go and do it. Because they don't, they don't do it. They don't know how to do it. And they rely on a structure that doesn't su- support the game because the districts actually want the game back. If we went and work with them, then what you do is you remove the 15 other franchises that are coming to each one of those districts and taking your best kids. So it's like me, for instance. Okay, I ended up in Newcastle. Now, there was no warriors around that time, but Newcastle had built a relationship with a, with a talent recruitment manager in Wellington by the name of Ken Laban. <laughs> and Ken Laban told them, there's this kid down here. His name's Tony Kemp from Taranaki playing for Randwick. When you come and sign Sam, you should actually sign him as well because he can play. Yeah, so that night they signed Sammy Stewart at the Hut Rec, they got me in and they signed me as well. Now, that has been, like it's not something that's happened overnight. That's 30 years ago. Mm. So you can imagine now what you've got is you've got all these people, the same thing in clubs and and districts here associated with clubs within the NRL and relationship managers there. And they're going, who know, because they're the ones that are working on the ground with the kids. You need to sign Mark Stafford because he he can play, and I know for a fact that they don't even come here now. They re, they rely. So you got an ex warrior player who says, "I'm telling you right now, this kid can play," and they say, "Sign him." Well, because the 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 way that players and talent ID has developed is that mate, most of them know what they're talking about because they've worked with those people, you know. So. I hope that one day we can fix it. I want, really want the Warriors to be successful, but they have to develop a model here that actually gets outside of their little circle. They have to go and get in. And I've said this to the Warriors, you've got to get in the fight. You know, I remember, the, I remember this, having this conversation with Mel Meninga when I was doing high performance for the national body. Jason Tomalon, I got a phone call from Peter Badel up in the Courier Mail from Brisbane. He said, mate, Mel Meninga's just flown into Townsville last night. He's convinced Jason Tomalolo to play for Queensland. And I've had him in the Junior Kiwis. So I've jumped on a plane. I've gone to Jim Doyle and said, mate, I've got to get to North Queensland. <laughs> phoned, up, phoned up Jason Tomalolo's parents, said, oh, can I meet you at the hotel tonight? They said, yep. I said, I've heard you talk to Mel. They went, yep, we want our son to play for Queensland. So I fly in there the next night, and we're talking, and I just look at Jason. I say, who do you want to play for? And he went, New Zealand. Done. So he plays for New Zealand. Now he's playing for Tonga. Mm. You know what I mean? But... The, the, the point I'm making is you just can't keep continue to allow it to happen. Mel Meninga? What, because he's Mel Meninga? No, he's our kid. The kid grew up in Manarewa, played all of his junior football here in South Auckland. He's eligible for the Kiwis, you know, first and foremost. But that's the problem that we have, is that we're continually fighting against other people. Um, or and, not fighting. And, well, yeah, that's that's more to the point. We've lost the fight mm. for those for those players, and if you look at the, it's a reverse model at the moment. We have no developer in New, in New Zealand, so if you look at the Kiwis, how many of them come from the Warriors? One, Dallin, because they've all been developed through Australian structures. Mm. Stick, stay there. There's a couple more points I want to get to. Um, text double eight double three. Tampa Bay Post text machine. Any questions for Kempe? We're still going to do uh, six again uh, before the end of the show, but New Sport Weather will be back with Kempe after this. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. 
These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.